Hello, we are Restoration Church Chicago and welcome to our podcast. You can connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Our mission is to glorify Jesus everywhere, and that includes right here, right now. Thanks for tuning in. I'm excited um, to share with you today, this, um, this morning. Uh, over the past couple months, I, I have been really just seeking God and um, asking him just some questions about um, the fruit, the fruit in my life, asking that he, could, he would be strengthened in me and asking about um, the times I had in the past when I was younger and in college um, and when I really actually spent a lot of time in prayer during that time, and I just um, really asked God if that, if, um, if the, I guess the fruit of that labor had been evident in my life. Um, and just wondering had this had an Im- impact on me. And so um, it, it led me to go back um, into this pattern of prayer and really um, spending time in the word and spending time in prayer um, even more. And so this morning I want to share with you because it also caused me to begin to study about encountering God and having an encounter. What does it mean to encounter God? Because that's what he showed me that that was, that I, you know, when I, in, in those times when I, see, when I sought him, um, he, he allowed me to experience him, to get to know him in a, in a, I guess in a deeper way. And it did strengthen my faith at that time. And it, it, there is fruit now as a result of that back then. And so I wanna share because I've had personal encounters with God and I've experienced this many times. Um, and my desire is that the Lord will give you the same experience and that you may have an encounter with him. Before we start on this topic, I want to share that there is an important connection between having an encounter and God's grace. The Bible tells us to grow in grace, and grace starts where we don't deserve. So this is something that we we can never do anything to earn anything that God gives because it's freely given through his grace. His grace is a free gift. And he gives grace to the humble. As he gives us grace and as we submit ourselves, he gracefully offers himself as we pursue an encounter with him. So today I wanna use John 1 as a base. And then I'll highlight not only the importance of encounters with God, but why you ought to have encounters, how to position yourself to walk in the encounter that God has for you, and how we encounter God, our response, and what is the outcome or result of having an encounter. Um, Actually, a few months ago, our church did a series on John where we went through um, each of the chapters in John. And um, I thought it was funny because my message today is like so much in John. But John gives an account of the life and ministry of Jesus, and it's full of stories of those who've encountered Jesus and whose lives were forever changed. So we're gonna, if you wanna, if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to John 1, starting at uh, verse six. And then I'll kind of read um, sporadically throughout this chapter. Verse six, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. 
He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. Verse nine, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But verse 12, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Verse 14 says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. So John bore witness about him and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me, ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. And John goes on, um, actually, verse, uh, verse, verse 19. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but he confessed, I'm not the Christ. And they asked him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. And as we know, John, the, John baptized Jesus, um, and he was a witness um, for him. So in John 1, the ball was set rolling in a quick succession of events that started with John the Baptist introducing Jesus as the Lamb of God. John's whole life was spent preparing, um, preparing to introduce this Messiah and pointing out Jesus as the promised one, the Son of God. His, his sole mission in life was to make him known to the world. And he's the only person I know who was so content to see someone else increase while he himself decreased. He consistently um, put Christ first. Right away, Two of his disciples were intrigued by this description and drawn by Jesus' presence, follow him to see where Jesus stays. Then Andrew is compelled to share his life-changing encounter with his brother Simon, and then he advises him to drop his fishing nets, wash his hands, clean up, come and meet someone very special. It doesn't end there. On the next day, Jesus himself goes to find Philip, and he in turn finds his friend Nathaniel, who's been lounging under a fig tree. Nathaniel was skeptical at first. Can anything good come out of Nazareth, let alone the Messiah? His doubts vanish when he comes face to face with Jesus. These individual moves and many others snowballed into a huge avalanche of changed lives which left footprints for future generations based on an encounter with Jesus. And we'll go through, um, we'll pick up some more verses in John and we'll see this. So as we can see from this passage, there are those who moved in the right direction and had an encounter, were transformed. We too can experience this and be changed. So this, this brings us to our first encounter. Our first encounter is answering a call from Jesus. When you accepted Jesus, or if you've accepted Jesus, Every believer has had their first encounter with God, with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. There are other instances of disciples, 
Philip and John 1, the woman at Samaria, uh, Jesus compelling others to come, come and see. We also see this theme of Jesus calling, compelling us to come to him and inviting us to him. He said, Jesus said, I'm come that they might have life. I'm come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. The Lord Jesus comes to make the Father known unto you. We'll see later how an encounter changes us, but there may be those who don't understand what it means to accept Jesus. For example, Nicodemus in John chapter three was one such person. He was a member of the Sanhedrin, which was the highest religious council at the time, and he was expected to have known the Old Testament because he was a teacher, he taught the, he taught the law to the people, he taught the biblical law to the people. Um, Nicodemus came and had a conversation with Jesus and he asked him, how can I be born again? Shall I re-enter my mother's womb? No, no one comes to the Father except by me, Jesus said. Jesus even questioned him by saying in verse 10, aren't you a teacher of Israel and yet you don't understand these things? Truly, truly I say, we speak of what we know and bear witness of what we have seen but you do not receive our testimony. So as we can see, Jesus gives us access to himself, and access to the Father through himself. Men ought to access God through Jesus. Let us become one with him. We must be born of the Spirit. Our invitation and our acceptance of Jesus, our Redeemer, our salvation, this is our first level, our first encounter with the Father. Jesus is the focus. Second way is we, can, we encounter God through scripture. I think Ryan, um, actually the scripture is so deep, even as I was studying this, I was like, wow, it's just so much um, in scripture. I think Ryan alluded to this last week um, about how deep the word is and um, there's so much contained in it. He gave the illustration of him, uh, them diving deep and grabbing sand to bring up, but there's so much that as you bring it up to the surface, you know, you're only left with a little in your hand. But the important thing here is that you cannot read scripture and not encounter God. There's still some evidence of it. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 says, my son, attend to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not depart from, my, from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. This is similar to what Jesus said in John 6, 63. The word is spirit and it is life. And we know the, the Bible goes on and you know, it says the, the Bible is sharper than any two-edged sword. The word is powerful. It, it has answers to solutions that we are seeking. It is spirit and it is life. So we encounter him through the word. We encounter God through corporate worship. We can encounter God when we come to church and enjoy fellowship with the believers at church, at worship nights, attending our connect groups. Again, last week um, we learned about Psalms 23 that we're on this path the proper Christian life is one where we are set apart and being filled with his Holy Spirit. It's not just for us. Um, it's not just for us. His goodness and his mercy is following us all the days of our lives that we may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, so as we see, um, 
I want to hit home the point that as Christians, we are social beings and we have a need for, for fellowship. And I think the, 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 um, we need to make sure we're socializing in the right place is what I want to say. And church um, is the proper place of fellowship where we can encounter God. And we have a privilege as members of the house of the Lord to enjoy his divine goodness. It, you know, in Psalm 23 and 6 it says, um, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, his goodness and his mercy shall follow me. And so that's the, the blessing that we get as we fellowship with the believers. Next, we encounter him through personal prayer and worship. Seek me and you shall find me. I want to encourage us today to spend time and pursue God. We should expect an encounter with him. There's a need for an encounter. It's personal. It's to have a personal experience with him. Keep moving. I want to encourage you today. Be hungry. Be thirsty for him. Seek him to know him and pursue God as he pursues you. We also encounter God through our daily life activities. Tyron spoke during the equip that the church is called to be, um, and we're called um, to be a church that, a bride that has an encounter with the king. And so it's about our living every day for the significance of the king and his kingdom. We know the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and everything else will be added. So even as we, um, you know, seek him, all the, our daily life should flow from that, is what I want to say. So why do we need an encounter? I'm talking about having this encounter, but why is this important? Why, um, Tyron also encourages us that as a people of God, we need to be a battleship and not a cruise ship. We're not just living this life to be entertained and to just enjoy, you know, only the, those things and to um, satisfy our flesh. But we, we are called to be a battleship. To We're made for mission. We exist for people who are not on the ship. We're in a spiritual battle, and so we need to reinforce the victory. And that's why we need an encounter so that we can have the victory that God has for us. Um, Philip in John 1, 46, oh, um, so, yeah, so why we need an encounter. God gives us something of substance. When we spend time in God, when we spend time worshiping him, um, some things are beyond our scope, the scope of our natural sight, and we need to have an encounter. For example, if someone's called to plant a church, that's a, that's a big calling, but I believe that God will give that person insight and he'll give them, um, I guess, what you need in order to fulfill the call that God has for your life. So when we seek him, when we pursue God, God gives us what we need, he gives us instruction, he gives us everything that we need, and he launches us into our destiny so that we can fulfill what he's calling us to do. So there are those who are interested in, in, um, in entering into that which gives substance, such as the one who, um, <laughs> such as the one who returned after having an encounter, and this referring to the um, 10 lepers. I don't know if many of you know, there were 10 lepers in the Bible and they went and sought Jesus for healing. 
And part of having an encounter with God is that we don't just go to him just for healing or just for him to do miracles or just for him to answer our prayers or to give us things that we're asking. The 10 lepers did that. They went and got healing. But the Bible says that only one of them returned. And when Jesus responded, um, yeah, only one of them returned and gave thanks and praised God. And Jesus told him that because of that, his faith had made him whole. So God, he wants to give us something that says he wants to make us whole. He doesn't only want to give us what we're asking or what we're seeking, but he wants to give us wholeness. So when we encounter God, we are prompted um, to respond in prayer and in readiness to obey. So, and this, and so that's why it's important. Um, and this brings us to how do we respond? As I've encountered God, I realize there are also times where I feel an urgent need to pray. Maybe some of you have felt this. You're maybe at home cooking. I know sometimes I'm at home cooking or just doing my daily chores, and I just feel this nudge that I need to go and pray. And I believe that's the Holy Spirit burdening us to go and spend time with him because he has things to share with us. So I want to encourage you today, when you feel that nudge from the Holy Spirit to go and pray, go and spend time in his word, do it. Just, you know, take the time, drop what you're doing if you can, if it's not, you know, anything too pressing. And just go and feel, um, spend time with him and position yourself and answer the calls of prayer. And it's not that prayer is meant to be a burden or, and it's not meant to cause self-condemnation. God means this to be a joy to, for us. And God can make it an inspiration which gives us strength for all of our work. Let prayer be the spontaneous expression of the joy of a healthy life. Although not all will have a specific call or burden for intercession, but um, Andrew Murray in his book on the ministry of intercession, he encourages believers that a call for us to labor fervently in our supplications will be a sure sign of encounter. Give yourselves wholly to the things of God. It comes from neither a duty nor a burden. Samuel did this. He, um, maybe you know the story of Samuel where he came and asked Eli, is that you calling me? You know, he heard someone calling Samuel. He went and asked Eli if it was him. And Eli, after like two or three times, Eli realized that it was, the, it was the Holy Spirit, it was God talking to him. He told him, go back and say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So we have to position ourselves so that we can hear God. So when we feel that nudge, go and say, speak, Lord, your servant hears. It's basically allowing God that time where he can speak to you. And as a result of this, Samuel was able to be used by God in a mighty way. And we'll see that um, later on when, when um, so, <laughs> there was a guy in the Bible, Saul, he lost his donkeys. And um, they said, let's go ask the man of God. Samuel, when they went to Samuel, he told them, he said, don't worry about your donkeys, they've been found. So Samuel had the insight, the spiritual insight that he needed um, when, you know, when needed or when prompted. So I just um, want to encourage that as we position ourselves and have an encounter with God, 
God can prepare us to, to hear from him in a way that is actually um, supernatural. So next, the next thing we can do is meditate on his word. God told Joshua in Joshua 1 and 8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have success. So these things are important as we seek to have an encounter with God that we need to um, we should, and I want to encourage you to meditate on his word, to spend, spend time in his word, to position yourself, to hear from God. And, and two, Joshua, in the same way, later on, in chapter 10 of Joshua, he performed one of the greatest miracles in battle. He told the sun to stand still. And the sun stopped in the middle of the day and delayed going down for a full day until he won the battle. That is powerful. <laughs> so I would call Joshua a heavyweight in the spirit where he could speak to the sun. And just like, um, I would even say that prayer is very synonymous to um, a person who's just starting out on a workout battle, on a workout journey, I should say. Say your goal is to do 50 push-ups or 30 push-ups. And you may, you may not start off with the ability to do 30 push-ups, but even if you give yourself five and you work on this every day, every day I'm gonna do five push-ups. By, by th day three or four, before you know it, you can do 10 push-ups. And then you're strengthened. So each day that you're working on this, you're strengthened. And I believe that it's the same thing in prayer. Maybe you can spend a minute in prayer and you, 10 minutes, five minutes. Um, at the last woman, woman's event, Kalina did a, a teaching about spending time in prayer. And she said sometimes she has her alarm set and she'll just put her alarm on um, or her stopwatch on one minute, just spend one minute praying. But if we can do that, we build our spiritual muscles and we can become a heavyweight in the spirit. The next way we, we respond is in worship. Just like you maintain um, a relationship you know, with your spouse, your family, colleagues, and you spend time getting to know them, the Father seeks us to, to, he wants us to seek him in relationship, get to know him. Um, he wants us to submit to him and seek to get to know him more. As we learn about the Father, we understand him and we come to know him by his voice. So as we spend time in worship, we get to know our Father. And that's why this is important. Back in John, um, back in John, after the grieving woman who followed Jesus to his crucifixion, she stood weeping and wailing. She was so sad because she thought that someone had taken Jesus' body. And she, um, even though no one took Jesus' body, Jesus was standing there. She thought, she perceived it was a gardener. And he, he asked her a question, like, why are you sad? She told him they took his body. She didn't re realize, but when he called her name, she recognized Jesus' voice. And so the more time we spend in Jesus, the more time we spend in him, the more we can hear his voice and we can recognize him when he does speak to us. 
When we respond in worship and seeking God, we, we also learn more about his character, that he's our banner. A little while ago, our Connect group did a study on the names of God. And in this study, we got to know who God is. We, get, we understood that he is our banner. We understood that he, just like in the Old Testament, he went before the people in battle and gave them victory. And he's the same God today who allows us to be overcomers, who goes before us in every battle that we face. And we know that we're overcomers and that we win. And so we, when we come to get to, we get to know our Father, we understand who we are in him. And that we have the victory, that we're not overcome by our circumstances. And so that's, that's what happens when we... Um, Furthermore, um, there are more things that occur as a result of us spending time and having an encounter with God. Number one, we are changed and we are transformed. It's the difference between where you are and where you will, where, where you will be, where God ha- what God has for you, what he set, the plan that he set out for you. Because the Bible has many scriptures that even talk to us about the plans that I have for you and the, the you know, our plans may, may fail, but God's plan will always prevail. So when we spend time, when we have an encounter with God, it, it establishes us and it changes everything. Consider Zacchaeus. He's a man who climbed up in a sycamore tree to get a look at Jesus. He had heard about who this was, but he climbed up in the tree to get a look at him. It was a brilliant move that brought him in direct contact with the Messiah himself. And he found himself looking into Jesus' eyes, which revealed his very soul. So when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. He hurried and came down and received him joyfully. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, because we know he was a tax collector who basically cheated people. He said, I will restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which is lost. So it changes us. It transforms us when we have an encounter with him. Zacchaeus was willing to do anything to encounter God. And as a result, he was transformed. Number two, we are endued with power and we can be used by God. Luke 24 and 49 says, and behold, I'm sending the promise of my father upon you, but stay into the city until you are clothed with power from on high. And this is right after God had given the disciples or he had given the people the great commission, you know, to go out into the world, make disciples of all nations. But he told them to wait for my power, wait for the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need God's power. And when we have an encounter with him, we have his, his Holy Spirit power. Joel prophesied in the Old Testament that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And then in Acts 1 and 8, we see that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Just like a car or vehicle is useless without fuel or a battery or just an electric light bulb cannot illuminate light. Um, without electricity, likewise, it's impossible for us 
to live the Christian life in our own strength, we need to be connected with the Father. Even the disciples who had lived and walked with Jesus needed help. (laughs) They had him with them every day and they still needed the power of the Holy Spirit. So Jesus promised the most powerful help possible. And when we spend time in God, we receive this power. May you receive power. Have you ever, um, another thing that I've thought about as I was studying this is, um, you know, my encounter with other people. Have you ever met someone and your life has been changed on account of knowing that person? Maybe some of us have our salvation stories or personal testimony of how knowing someone connected to God is, has even helped you in your personal testimony. I want to encourage us today that God uses us to, to minister and to help others. And that same rivers that are flowing in heaven are flowing to you and from you. So we need to desire an encounter with him. So as I said, we're in due with power. We can be used by God. We may know people that were used by God for our sake, for our behalf. And what a powerful testimony that can be. So we, we need and we should desire an encounter with him. There's something given to you even as you listen to this message. You may carry the solution that will change lives. When you have encounter with God, you can change a nation. An unbeliever can see, can see who God is in you, and you can share that testimony with them. God wants you to carry something that will make someone say that surely God is in them. Surely God is here. I want to follow that God. So my prayer is that many people will encounter the Lord This actually happened, God used Ananias in the same way. Saul, he was on the road um, to Damascus when he encountered God. But before that, he was persecuting Christians. But God used Ananias, a man who had encountered God, who had already known God for himself. The Lord spoke to Ananias and sent him to Saul while he was on the road to Damascus. Jesus spoke in a vision to Ananias and the Lord told him to go to Saul. He was, um, Ananias was actually afraid, but he was aware, because he was aware of Saul's unyielding persecution of the believers in Jerusalem. And he, he thought maybe he'll persecute me. But God, in his relationship with Ananias, reassured him, saying, go, this man is my chosen instrument. We have to take a minute to think about that because God is telling you to go to a person that you know persecutes Christians, that you know, basically punishes you, that can punish you for what you're doing. So, you're, so you have, you're, he's in between two I guess powers here. He has God telling him what to do and then he has this man who is so powerful against Christians and against people like himself. Nonetheless, Ananias obeyed God, found him. 
He laid hands on him and he prayed, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you are coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And this is Acts um, chapter nine, verse 17. We see that immediately Saul was healed of his blindness, uh, which occurred after he encountered God on the road and he was baptized. Right away, Saul went to the synagogue in Damascus and preached about Jesus to the Jews there. Saul began his ministry of preaching the gospel. Paul later mentioned, um, actually Paul later mentioned Ananias in a testimony in Acts 22 and 12 and said, a man named Ananias came to me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews there. So Saul also um, testified of his encounter, not only with God, but with this man, Ananias, whom God used. Number four, we are strengthened. As I spoke um, earlier, when we spend time in prayer, we can be, become spiritual heavyweights. And, um, and I talked about um, I talked about you know the workout routine and how we are strengthened as we spend time in, in our workout and um, doing those physical goals. But in the same way, our spirit man is strengthened and we can be used by God in a powerful way as we saw with Samuel when he told the guys about the donkey and um, as we saw so many times in the, in, the, in the Bible. So I wanna encourage each of you to press in more with God, to pursue an encounter with him Pursue him as he pursued, as he pursues you. Um, man, so desire an encounter that will have you rooted and established in God. We don't need to be anxious for things. With social media, um, I recently came across a, a person's blog and well, while most of what people post to social media is um, very surface, it's edited, it's photoshopped, um, but I came across a blog where the writer is sharing very raw and real emotions about um, their various struggles, just, just a lot of things coming at them at once. And it seems like for them, the more they wrote, the, the, the more they began to lose hope, I mean, to the point of, um, you know, just very becoming very hopeless. So, almost to the point of drowning, seeming to drown in despair, hopelessness. But I wanna push your hunger today. I wanna push your heart to understand that God has secured you. And as believers, when we encounter God, we're, we don't have to turn towards hopelessness. We know that our hope is in the other direction. Our hope, we have a hope in the Father. We don't have to drown in despair or in, um, I'm talking about, you know, anxiety, despair, hopelessness, um, depression. That was, that was the word that the, person, the writer used, depression. We don't have to drown in these things. We can look and turn our gaze to the Father who gives us hope, who gives us strength. And so, and he secures us in such a profound way more than we'll ever understand. But as we have encounters, we'll begin to understand who Jesus is. So we just pray that his um, kingdom come and his will will be done and that you will experience the power of God in prayer. Um, 
And that's my hope for us today. Amen. I'm going to close in prayer. As I've shared, I, want to, I really want to encourage you to take that time to spend time in the Lord and to seek an encounter with him. We thank God for our salvation. And if there's someone that doesn't know um, Jesus, I do invite you up to speak um, to you this morning and um, to give your life to him. Because I desire for you to have an encounter with him. What separates us from others is that we know God and we can be hungry and desire him. So Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we pray for your supernatural encounters. God, some of us maybe not have encountered you. We may not have um, accepted you for what you did for us. But Lord, I pray, Lord, that everyone will come to know you in a personal way, God, that we will grow in our faith and grow in our knowledge of you, Jesus. We thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you for how you transform us, God, and how you have given us your Holy Spirit so we can be used by you, Father. We pray that we would, as we go from this place, we will not leave from your presence, God, that you would wrap your loving arms around us and help us to know you more, God. Draw us close to you, Lord God. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to know when you call our name that we will answer, God, and we will position ourselves to hear from you, God. Transform us. Be all that you need us to be, Lord God. Be all that you are for us, Lord God, so that we can be who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. We hope you were encouraged. Don't forget to connect with us through our website, restoration.life, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you.